Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. So yesterday, we, we heard from the Hotel Association of Canada. They want more federal regulation. Now, they are B&B, and they want that website to collect and remit sales tax. And it's emblematic of this whole debate about the sharing economy. How do we uh, regulate it? How do we deal with it? Should we be worried about it? Should we embrace it? Certainly a lot of people have, but it's got some vested interests very worried as well. Uh, there's an interesting new report out from the Frontier Center for Public Policy. Uh, on the benefits of the sharing economy, as they call it, a story of creative destruction and the erosion of barriers to entry. Joining us to talk more about the report is the uh, co-author of the study, Gerard Lucician, uh, who's uh, VP of Research at the Frontier Center for Public Policy, FCPP.org. Uh, Gerard, welcome to the program. Thank you very much for having me. All right. When we talk about the sharing economy or the gig economy, as uh, you know, some refer to it as, I mean, obviously Uber and Airbnb stand out as, as two big examples, but, but how, how best to describe it, do you think? Well, I guess the best way to describe the gig economy is essentially where we have individuals that are able to use their personal capital in order to make some sort of financial gains. So in the case of Uber, uh, it's where you're using your own sort of personal vehicle and putting it to a commercial use. In the case of Airbnb, obviously, uh, if you have an extra room in your house uh, or if you have extra space, uh, then you can certainly rent that out as well. And it's been a real struggle for for policymakers and regulators to to wrap their heads around this. I mean, here in Calgary, there was so much debate for such a long time about Uber. We're seeing a lot of conversation about Airbnb. In fact, just this week in Ottawa, there was a call for the federal government to make sure GST is being charged on on Airbnb. Uh, So it represents a real challenge in that sense, doesn't it? Uh, Yeah, certainly it does. Um, I guess the, the, the interesting thing about it is that what we perceive as um, certain regulations, and I mean, there's reasons why those regulations exist, but generally whenever they erect any sort of regulation onto a particular industry, it causes more barriers to entry for uh, new participants. And so uh, we've seen this before uh, historically, and it constantly is happening when uh, new entrants get into the market and kind of circumvent or get around uh, the existing regulations. We've seen this back in uh, 1925 to 1950 with the Canadian Taxi War, uh, where there were a number of regulations and all of a sudden new companies came along and were able to use standard passenger cars, uh, taxi brokers, what have you, and were able to get around the existing regulations at that time. What that lends up doing is essentially lowering uh, the cost to consumers and providing much more choice. So in this particular case, um, certainly governments will struggle uh, in terms of uh, putting on new regulations in terms of Airbnb or uh, Uber, but uh, whatever regulations they are proposing or or instituting certainly do uh, provide more challenges for individuals to 
actually get into the market space. Yeah. So protecting basically the, the older industries. Well, it's interesting, yeah, because for years we, we had uh, regulations that protected existing industries. I, I suppose there's a risk now if we uh, overreact on the regulation side, we may just end up protecting Uber and Airbnb from competition. Uh, well, I don't think we'd be protecting necessarily Uber and Airbnb from competition. But do we prevent the next one from 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 coming up? Exactly. And so Airbnb and and uh, Uber uh, could one day find themselves on this uh, the the losing end, if you will, of creative destruction, is what is what we call it. Uh, and again, uh, the the benefit is to the consumer: lower prices and more selection and more more choice, more consumer choice. Yeah, we'll talk about that concept of creative destruction because I, I think it's only the latter part of that that gets played up, certainly by, by vested interest or, you know, the, the taxi industry talks about the impact or the hotel industry talks about the impact uh, that they don't want this competition and we hear about how it's going to impact them, but we don't often hear about, you know, the, the creative side. Yeah, certainly. Uh, creative destruction is a concept that came out uh, in about 1942 by Joseph Schumpeter. And basically what he was arguing was that uh, this idea uh, or this essential fact about capitalism is creative destruction. Simply put, in order for us to open up new markets, uh, we have this uh, revolutionizing effect. Essentially, the economic structure uh, revolutionizes from within, where the new uh, and upcoming industries uh, disrupt, if you will, the old ones, creating, uh, creating obviously a new marketplace. And so we've seen this constantly uh, uh, throughout history. And so what's happening right now in the uh, accommodation industry, in the uh, let's say the taxi industry, is nothing um, that we haven't seen before. So uh, we've seen this also uh, with telecommunications. Uh, the cell phone came along. Uh, which kind of displaced your home line. Uh, we've seen this with uh, within the, within the cell phone communications, from uh, the button formed phones to the to the touch screen, uh, and again, uh, you know, in the software industry. So as new products are developed and come online, uh, it kind of disrupts and pushes out the the old. And so whatever's new and disruptive today uh, could be the the old line uh, um, for tomorrow. That right. industry. Yeah, because I, I think it's it's easy for us to to picture the jobs of today. It's a lot more difficult for us to envision the, the jobs of tomorrow. And we see that with any technology. I mean, self-driving vehicles, for example. We, we, it's easy for us to envision uh, taxi drivers, truck drivers. We understand that, that those jobs exist and may be threatened, but it's hard for us to see what kind of jobs are going to be created in 5, 10, or 20 years as a result of uh, technological development. Yes, certainly. And and one thing that we've found out from history, as technology evolves, uh, the labor force will evolve. So again, at one point in time, we had, uh, you know, wagon wheel makers, and they would create, obviously, the wagon wheels. But once we stopped using wagons, they moved into a different industry. And I think it's very important for people to understand that as we have new industry come online, new technology, new innovation come online, uh, it is time for people to move on into that new industry, learn new skills, uh, be trained differently, etc. But by putting in um, protectionist measures to protect an industry, to protect, let's say, a, a career, let's say, that is kind of becoming obsolete, I think... Uh, slows down progress in society and uh, puts us further behind. 
Now, regarding consumers, and, and this paper certainly makes the point that not only are consumers demanding uh, what the sharing economy is offering, or they're certainly taking advantage of it, um, there, there's, there's an opportunity to, to save money here for the consumer, too, that uh, with more competition, prices come down. Absolutely. I mean, that's a, that's a basic economics, and we've seen it before where we get more uh, choice in, in the market and uh, the price will drop. Now, the interesting thing about, about Uber is that what we do see is even though there's more choice and, and the pricing will come down, um, that doesn't necessarily mean that people will stop using taxi cabs. And as we uh, you know, we've we've argued, let's say, in our paper and, and in presentations that we've done on this paper, um, you know, people will have more choice. So, for instance, you may choose that you like to ride in an Uber uh, in the backseat of somebody's uh, personal car to get from point A to point B. Others uh, don't don't like that sort of atmosphere and would choose a, a taxi cab. Just like we have nowadays, we're coming from the airport. You can choose a regular cab or you can choose a, you know, a luxury car or a limo uh, to get you from point A to point B. So I think what we'll see is when we allow these uh, industries to come online and we lower the barriers to entry, uh, it provides the consumers with much more choice. It provides consumers who are unable to get into those markets to now get in and, and benefit from them. So. Well, yeah, yeah, certainly important points. Uh, People can read this paper for themselves. It's up at fcpp.org. Gerard, thanks so much for joining us here today. Really appreciate this. Great. Thank you very much. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.